Are you ready for a good time? It's Friday, July 17th, 2020, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar. We've got a special guest who'll be making his dynamic entrance here on the podcast soon. Stay tuned for that. But uh, SmackDown tonight, Justin, big intercontinental title match in the main event. A lot of build towards extreme rules. Uh, how are you feeling on this Friday evening? I'm feeling good. I feel good. Uh, SmackDown wasn't a suffer to get through. Uh, it's Friday. I'm feeling good about that. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Um, it's the middle of July. The, the dead of summer. Well, I guess the dead of summer would be what? Uh, August. Early August. These are the dog days. Yeah, or mid-August. Yes, the dog days of summer. Um, yeah, man. What are you going to do? Now I'm waiting for our special guest. How are you? I didn't get to see you Wednesday. I didn't see you Monday. So it's been a week since I've seen you. I know, Justin. We spent all this time apart. Yeah, we, I know. We're, so we're, I, we're living separate lives like Phil Collins sang about. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it was okay. Tonight, and I'm a little distracted and preoccupied from this, and this feels so bad as, as a Jewish man, I feel like I'm embarrassed how I've injured myself this evening. You've so injured yourself. I've injured myself. I cut the roof of my mouth. So as a Jewish man, what would be the most embarrassing way, the most stereotypical way that I could cut the roof of my mouth? It was awesome. eating a bagel. I was eating <laughs> a bagel. What could make it even worse? It was a bagel that I special ordered from New York because I was really craving a specific bagel from New York that I had shipped to me, all packed up via Gold Belly, all sent to me, toasted the bagel. I guess it was sharp. I guess it took too big of a bite. And the sharp, the sharp edge of the bagel. People don't talk about this. People don't talk about bagel safety enough. Cut the roof of my mouth right behind my front teeth. And it's just, uh, let me tell you, your uh, your mouth bleeds a lot when cut. Wow. I mean, I've bit my lip like everybody has, but I've never had a bagel. I mean, I burn my tongue. I burn the top sure. of my mouth on like really hot. I thought hot, I burned the roof. I thought. Really hot, you know, hot pizza or something like that, but. But man, you bagel. It's a bagel injury. And uh, I need, we, need, we need to start an awareness campaign for this. I think we need bagel safety. Uh, with the rest of the dozen, I think I'm going to have to uh, cut up the bagels into pieces, into bagel bites, if you will, and eat them with a fork and knife. Bagel one, Glenn zero. Yes. Uh, the bagel bladed, as everyone's saying. <laughs> bladed. <laughs> yeah, there's, so, see that? Blood. Blood on my tongue. Oh, we're in for a hell of a night tonight. <laughs> You're having a rough one this week, my friend. It's It's been a week. You have no <laughs> idea. Oh, man. And I'm sitting there during SmackDown taking, I think this just happened during SmackDown. And of course, this package came, came from New York. And it was like, so of course, oh, from New York, I've got gloves on. I've got the mask on. I'm cleaning everything and the surfaces. I'm repackaging it. I'm putting it in the oven before I even put it in the toaster, just to make sure that it kills potentially anything. Not that we've heard stories about food causing this. Um, but yeah, so I get it there. And then I'm spending the last hour of SmackDown taking pieces of tissue and trying to shove them up against the roof of my mouth. But of course it doesn't really stick because your mouth is a wet surface. And uh, this is far too much detail. Our audience right now just riveted. How, sure. how mad would Matt be right now if he was here and we just spent three <laughs> minutes on your bagel injury? <laughs> he would he would be losing his mind oh oh wait our special entrance i ruined it here i'll let him uh cue this up for the audio listeners that this hasn't been spoiled uh here we go we got the thumbs up and he emerges 
Friday Night Raj, everybody. Filling in for Matt Morgan. All right. It's on. The entrance didn't work out as planned. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> waiting for you while I'm doing three minutes talking about my bagel injury tonight, cutting the roof of my mouth. Had it all planned out. I know. It was riveting. Riveting. Getting a copyright strike for nothing. <sighs> <laughs> Raj, just to catch up to speed for the last four minutes of this podcast, Glenn detailed how he is injured and is bleeding in his mouth due to a bagel. A bagel? It, cut it was him. a sharp edge. A sharp edge. I took too big of a bite. The It just hit the roof of my mouth. It cut something. Then I can see how there's blood on my tongue. I'm, I'm, I'm blading. Bagel blading. People don't talk about that enough. Um, yes, and uh, bagels are special ordered from New York. It just Most people wouldn't tell that story. They would say, uh, you know, they got punched in the mouth at the bar. <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a bagel, a sharp bagel. A bagel, yes. Uh, how much was the special bagel? Uh, the Ripper is asking. We spent too much. Now, it did include... A pound of uh, vegan cream cheese with raisin walnut, which is absolutely delicious. But I think we ended up paying like maybe sixty bucks. I had a Gold Belly coupon, but we for, paid for, for bagels to come from New dozen, York for a dozen bagels and a pound of this tofuti cream cheese. It was something my wife and I were talking about. We we're just talking about we haven't done anything because of coronavirus. And we just celebrated our sixteen-year anniversary. Huh. We did nothing, so we started wow. saying like, "What are some special little things we can do at home?" And we were thinking we really love Essa Bagel in New York. Look it up. Essa Bagel is one of the most popular. If you go to Essa Bagel in person, you're going to wait in line for two hours to get a bagel there. So getting these sent to us, like, let me tell you this, Justin, I would pay $60 to go to Essa Bagel and not wait in line. Because when you go there, you're going to drop 20 bucks anyhow in two hours of my time. This was a little treat for us. We do it twice a year. Yeah. Uh, we usually do it around Christmas. And it's just a nice little thing. So you talked about your anniversary. Congratulations. Tonight yeah. was our, my anniversary. Uh, we did our We did our kids' night you know kids away date night last week and then tonight we went out to denver with the kids oh nice got the text from matt that he couldn't make the podcast tonight so i'm filming it filling in here on me anniversary so cheers how how much does your wife hate us oh uh well luckily uh they were gonna make a dessert her and the kids so so it'll take about an hour so it kind of worked out all right so we have an hour to we have we have 54 minutes to do this yeah <laughs> yes. Well, luckily, I didn't watch SmackDown, so I'll let you guys do most of that and all. <laughs> so basically, Raj is going to just drink and, and react to whatever yeah, we I'll say. Like, that sounds like it sucks, or that's great. Oh, I did uh, hear that uh, Matt Riddle lost right off the bat. So that's well, not. I mean, it was a it was a good match. He didn't just lose right off. The, it wasn't like you squash, but yes. Yeah, but losing your second match in, regardless of outside interference or not. You're not doing that to Roman Reigns. You're not doing that to someone you're you're putting the straps on. So, uh, have him beat someone and then do that same angle with Baron Corbin beating him up. Natalie with a twenty dollars super chat saying, okay. "I know that uh, she knows that we don't watch Impact, but just want to say they've been putting together some good storylines and shows. It's anniversary this weekend. Just want to show some love. Have a good night and take care." Well, first off, Natalie, thank you uh, so thank much you. for the super chat. And yeah, how have you watched any Impact lately? I feel like I see the headlines. I feel like I hear good things. Their, I mean, their storytelling has been solid. The only problem with Impact has always been, for the past few years, is that the roster is completely different in six months. You know, Brian Cage wins the Impact World title. He's gone in six months. Uh, Tessa Blanchard wins the title. She's gone in six months. John Morrison. Same all McCallan. these guys that they're pushing at the top are gone quickly after. So it's hard to, it's hard to know that what you're getting invested in is going to be there 
you know, a few months out. But they, outside of that, they've been doing a good job with what they have. Should should be a big night for them tomorrow. Yeah. Well, if, if I have some time, maybe I'll uh, check it out or at least watch some highlights online. Uh, I am Air Buck 99 Watch your wrestling to know Demo God. I want to talk about the ratings from Wednesday. I've, I've heard the Demo God meme. I did not watch wrestling Wednesday. Yeah, that'll, we can do that now uh, since it's being brought up. Uh, so AEW broke the three-week winning streak NXT had on viewership. Uh, of course, there's a difference between viewership and demo, but uh, the fight for the Fallen uh, scored big. And I, I thought AEW, again, my prediction Wednesday night, I figured AEW would win. I didn't think it'd be by this large of a margin. It was, it was uh, Dynamite did 788,000 viewers compared to NXT 631. To put some context to that, this was Dynamite's best viewership since their May 28th episode. This was NXT's worst viewership since their May 21st episode. Uh, and then with that all-important demo, and Chris Jericho, of course, calling himself the demo god, um, Dynamite scoring a 0 0.29, uh, which is more than double the 0 0.14 that NXT did. So uh, no matter what metric you want to use, um, at least for the key ones, AEW uh, handedly with the victory. Yeah, actually, in the, uh, the male 18 to... I believe it's 18 to 34. Uh, yeah, the male 18 to 34 demo. NXT only had 6,000 viewers. Um, what? And that's it. I mean, that's not a demo that's usually cited. In, Wait, 6,000? 6,000. And AEW had 70,000. So AEW beat NXT in that demo by uh, 1,066%. How <laughs> I'm is not that? not adding an extra zero. Over 1,000%. Yeah. Something's got to be wrong with the Nielsen system. There's no way well, between 18 had, and 34. You had UFC and you had NASCAR. So Still. When people are choosing, apparently they didn't choose uh, wow. NXT. And, you know, the interesting thing is with Jericho, you know, calling himself the demo god. And Jericho, he is a proven ratings grabber for AEW. But his segment with Orange Cassidy was the second lowest overall uh, for that show. And, hmm. uh, and in 1849, it was like number five. So... This stuff with Orange Cassidy hasn't been working because Jericho is usually the top guy. You know, his his quarters are usually the best. So, again, you know, like we're five, six weeks out with this feud going on and it's still doing poor, you know, poor compared to the rest of the show. Did I misread, Roger? Or maybe you have it up in front of you, the quarter hours. I thought I had heard that the 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 quarter that Ra or gosh, the quarter that Jericho did his in-ring promo that was up against the Keith Lee Dodger Cripple match. I thought that that the Jericho dominated that quarter hour against. No, no, NXT. I mean, AEW dominated every quarter. Um, so it's ironic that a, a segment where it's a promo of him antagonizing Orange Cassidy, waiting for Orange Cassidy to show up, that dominates. Lee versus Dijakovic when a week prior the match of Cassidy and Jericho gets killed by Lee and Cole. Right. Well, I like mean, people, again, people want the promo, but they don't want the match. Every so. quarter got dominated this week. I mean, NXT just it just didn't uh, it didn't have a strong lineup up against what AEW had. And I had tweeted before the show, like I'm shocked that uh, NXT didn't you know try something stronger coming off of this momentum that they have. I mean, they had been averaging over seven hundred thousand viewers for five of the last six weeks. So it was a a, a weak showing by NXT. They, and losing momentum. Usually when you lose it, it takes a little bit to get it back, and, and we'll see. Well, I also think they were coming off of NXT. They're coming off of two pay-per-view quality weeks, essentially, with the Great American Bash. So, I mean, that's I kind of figured there would be a drop 
but I didn't think it'd be that drastic of a drop down to 631 for their viewership. Why yeah. didn't with them promoting the anniversary of the women's evolution, the divas revolution? Why? I mean, this would have been the Wednesday to do it, to do evolution two on NXT or an all women's show. Yeah. I know if you're counter programming two out of the three weeks, why not do three out of the three? Yeah. It's just an extra week. And again, you have that momentum. They could have done an evolution two easily. Um, and it's not like this was taped well in advance. This was taped that day. Wow. So they, they knew, you know, two weeks going in that AEW was going to do Fight for the Fallen, a special card. It was going to have Brian, uh, Brian Cage versus John Moxley. And they did nothing. And that Brian Cage versus John Moxley, that, that match was big. It was number one for the night in 18 to 49 total viewers, dominated everything. For NXT, the Keith Lee opening promo. Uh, was the big winner. And then as soon as Dominic Dijakovic was involved, that match just did poorly. And it was the low point on NXT. Yeah. AEW was that Brandy Rhodes weird tag match. Uh, mm. Brandy Rhodes and Allie versus, I'm forgetting who they were up against, but that was their low point. Joey Dorgen. And Orange Cassidy oh. being second. Joey Dorgen, $5 saying, I want to shout out the demo gods that are here before the podcast to talk about the show live. Uh, Neo Akira, Benelini, Mark, I am Aaron, CC Funk One. That's right. So uh, for people that don't know, uh, our YouTube link, we have a live chat during the, the show, during the podcast, but that link is active during the show. And people hang out in that chat room and talk about SmackDown, Raw, NXT, AEW, etc. before. And uh, love it. I love when... Uh, I show up to the podcast, I could scroll up and see all the chat that's been happening during the show and seeing what the uh, the fans of this podcast think about it, even before we get started. Yeah, thank you, guys. Absolutely. It's, it's, own, it's its own community. It is. It's kind of nuts. Toxic Prince, Buck 99. Raj, did you also enjoy the Weekends album? I don't hear, listen to many albums. I've heard the two songs from that album, from The Weekend. Obviously, Blinding Lights, and I'm forgetting the name of the other one, but uh, those are it. <laughs> You know, the, Eminem is probably the only full album I've listened to his, his last one in this year. Yeah, have you had that experience much with artists? I always uh, cite the example of uh, the band The Toadies. Like Possum Kingdom is an amazing song. Justin, you know it if you heard it. Raj, you remember that song from 95. That uh, uh, I'll treat you well, my sweet angel, so help me Jesus. That down, I'm going to butcher the lyrics. Uh, if you know it, you know the song if you heard it. You would absolutely know. In fact, Raj, we're already going to get taken down for this. You could play it uh, if you could find it. Um, <laughs> but I've heard this song on rock and roll radio and so much like Guitar Hero for the last 20 years. It's an awesome song. And I've never heard a single other song by this band. And finally, I was like, I'm going to listen to the entire Toadies album. And it was just disappointment yeah. because not every song can possibly be as good as uh, the one that I love. What's it called? Possum Angel? No, Possum Kingdom here. Oh, no, uh, Possum Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, Harold. Getting some weird things when I type in pop. Yes. Oh, that's this? Yeah. Oh. Group the Toadies, very popular in Texas. But this was like their hit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, every, yeah the song was everywhere. Great song. Fantastic song. But the album, mm, that was good. All right, guys. My time is limited, so let's oh, get yeah. this down. <laughs> uh, Toxic Prince, Book 99. Congrats to both of you. It's 420 time here in, uh, in Chicago. And uh, then we got Leon, our superstar. Corbett's about as believable as serious heel threat as Crater Face from Greece. Good reference. Uh, should have ended with the handshake and built to the SummerSlam rematch. Yeah. I mean, does anyone think Corbin is really winning? 
know? No, and they'll feud. I mean, Matt Riddle's going to beat him. Yeah. The, the common sense thing would be for Matt Riddle to beat him. But remember when uh, Corbin came in and he faced Dolph Ziggler and the common sense was for him to beat Dolph Ziggler and they had Ziggler beat him? You just never know. But yes, Riddle beating Corbin's common sense. Well, here's the thing, Raj. There's not a ton to SmackDown tonight. Why don't we do this? Why don't we answer a couple more questions, talk about this and that for the next like 10 to 15 minutes, so then you can enjoy your anniversary with your lovely wife. And Justin and I will clean up and talk about SmackDown in the back half of the show. So thank you, sir. Yes. Uh, so to that end, Bob the Builder, CA, or Bob the Builder with a Canadian $5 super chat. Nine years ago today was Money in the Bank 2011. What are your thoughts on that pay-per-view? Much love and respect. One of the most impactful pay-per-views that they've had, especially for a B-show, um, this decade. I, I mean, well, you know, 2010 to 2020. Um, CM Punk, that storyline, it had, you had for the first time people outside of wrestling talking. That pipe bomb promo, you had Laps fans that were like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. It, it, I just hate how they dropped the ball on that storyline, uh, you know, within a few weeks he's losing to he beats cena loses to alberto del rio minutes later then he loses to triple h and i mean they just killed all his steam but it, they just had something there and there was something special during that you know that four or five weeks and it was awesome yeah i, yeah. I remember I, I remember that pay-per-view well i would say that yeah it in in the last 10 maybe 15 years outside of a wrestlemania or a SummerSlam. Uh, major, you know, like you know, Cena Rock or anything that don't take her. It, it was the biggest thing the WWE pulled off on, on not on not one of the major four shows. It was kind of about the point where I realized, like, okay, I think the Money in the Bank pay per view is now part of the Big Five, or maybe it's even substituted Survivor Series, which that concept is outdated. It's thirty years outdated. Maybe maybe Money in the Bank is now part of my Big Four. Um, it, it was great. Yeah. I, I remember I was on vacation in Florida, but I was so and I was you know off that week, not planning to really talk or type or about wrestling or whatever, but. I couldn't miss this, uh, and I was at a, a rental place, and we ended up, myself and some, some people I was vacationing with, we ended up driving 35, 40 minutes north to a Hooters in Florida that was showing it. Uh, and so that was an even fun, you know, that was a fun environment, too, because you got a you know, whole lot of uh, loud, rowdy fans. And, and it was a night, you know, because you didn't know what was going to happen. But like Ross said, they, they did that they did it. You know, Punk wins it. He blows the kid. You know, they, you know they're punching Johnny. You know, at, at that point, John Laurinaitis was never on camera as, as for what his uh, role of talent relations was. So they, you know, they pulled the curtain back some and all the momentum. And then, yeah, like Raj said, I, you know, I'll never forget doing a few weeks later, I was doing uh, th- two events. I was doing two two back-to-back weekend events with Kevin Nash. And one of the events was the uh, two nights before he flies to LA to go to, to, to come in at SummerSlam. And it's just like, they killed everything. It, it was just, you know, Punk popped back up on TV too soon. Uh, there was so much they did wrong about it after the fact. I just It's like, you just want to pull your hair out, which I kind of did. Uh, of like, how can you screw this this lightning in a bottle you have up you know yeah, i remember just in the comment section uh, you know on that thread with people fantasy booking and all these great ideas and they went with like the worst thing that was worse than any of those ideas and it was it was a damn shame because that was one of those moments where it felt like it could bring some laps fans back in yeah yeah that was a period of time of uh, they, they really felt Alberto Del Rio was going to be a long-term big deal for them. and Yeah. I don't know. No, and it took CM Punk almost a year because he did win the title, but he was treated like w- below Cena, the whole, his whole title run. Until he turned heel, uh, he was never the last match. He never ended, yeah. 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 Right. Steve Marcuccioli, Buck 99, would an NWO invasion 
angle, uh, invasion of NWO style invasion angle, help Raw or SmackDown right now? Who Who's invading? Right. Who's invading? Like, I mean, that's the, that's that's the problem. Who's Evolve. invading? Evolve wrestling invading. No one, <laughs> that's the thing. No one knows anybody outside. Yes, I know. I, I mean, if you brought in like uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody, yes, that would be something to a group of fans. Uh, still, a, a large percentage of WWE fans don't really know those guys. They'll know Cody, you know, from his WWE days. But a, a, there's a large section of WWE fans that don't watch AEW. So, which was you know interesting. What, I'm sorry, Justin. No, I was just gonna say, you know, it's wild though. It, it would never happen right now. But you know, AEW is not going away. AEW is proven successful. Yeah. They're not. They're not going anywhere. You know, when AEW launched, they all the most of the talents they had from the ground floor, they gave them three year deals and said, even if even if we flop after year two or year one, you're still going to get what we what we've promised you. But they're they're gonna they're gonna be around. AEW is proven that good for them. It wouldn't happen now, but if in whatever time in the future of years, two, three, four, five, if it gets to the point where it is Triple H who's finally running the helm, when it is Triple H's show. I could actually see under the right circumstances, the right situation, he would actually listen to a conversation behind closed doors of Tony Khan of could we do something for a one-off or for a run that could that, that's profitable for everybody, that makes sense for everybody, but that would get the, the wrestling world buzzing. The I actually reason, could see him doing that. The only reason I could never see that is ultimately if you do like a cross-promotional pay-per-view, somebody's got to win, someone's got to lose, and no one's going to want their guys losing those top matches. Um. So I was thinking, what was that Tony Khan quote this week where he was talking about they've got a lot of overseas talent that they haven't had to cut anyone. They're not using them, but yeah, that, right. something along the lines where they can't go on forever. Right. I wonder if there might be a possibility someone like Pac um, or someone might become available if uh, AEW were to cut them loose, WWE could pick them back up. I don't think they'd uh, let someone like Pac loose. I yeah. can see like, a, you know, Jimmy Havoc, you know, the, like those kind of guys. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, but uh, or, uh, you know, like the the ones that weren't really featured anyway. Yeah, hmm. they would let up because I mean, like a Pac would be somebody if he even wanted to go back, but he would be a perfect guy to build around your NXT UK brand, which needs to is going to increase some uh, and some relevance here soon. Um, they're going to try to you know get that back up to you know as best they can while we're still in a pandemic. But yeah, I mean, I, there are certain guys they just wouldn't dare dangle back out there. Did NXT UK exist when he left? Did that exist yet? Because that seems to me like something he would have been. No, like no, that, that might have that could have kept him. Yeah, that started after he quit. Yeah, um, Jackson Catlin's four ninety nine. Y'all see Jericho and Sebastian Box Twitter feud. Yeah, I did. Uh, man, eighteen in life is more iconic <laughs> than any you know Fozzie song. I love Twist Jericho, but come on, eighteen in life, monkey business. I'm trying to think of another skit. What was the first one? What was the first one, Raj? I, I, 18 in Life is the one that's... Uh, I, I still, to this day, when it comes on, I'm, I'm jamming it. At this point, should we not rule out that it's all a big work? It's setting up for uh, Sebastian Bach to play uh, you know, an AEW pay-per-view. Uh, and, and, yeah, I don't know. At, at this point... <laughs> that, that'll draw some numbers. <laughs> Sebastian Bach's not even in Skid Row anymore. They replaced him with some other guy. Uh, Youth yeah, Gone Wild I, was their first I think, thing. I think that would be embarrassing to, you know... <laughs> yeah. Like he's not the Mike, no offense to Sebastian Bach. I had a pretty epic slow dance, uh, uh, sophomore year to, I remember you by Skid Row, but, oh, uh, Seba yeah, Sebastian Bach is no Mike Tyson. 
I thought you were going to go on the way you started that conversation. I thought you were going to tell us some story that you have a, a wild night with Sebastian Bach. I don't no, no. I think he's very talented. I mean, okay, Skid Row's no warrant. I'm just going to put that out there. You know, Janie Lane, may he rest in peace. I, he was probably my favorite of that era's uh, vocalist of the late metal era post Axl Rose. But still, just Sebastian yeah, Bach's not going to move the needle. Yeah, WWE's not going to uh, set up something with Adam Shore, who is the warrant guitarist. And, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? We're, we're just going deep with the references. Right, but you know, uh, you don't go yeah. with some obscure... I mean, Sebastian, you know, he's Mark not a Slaw, big star. It's not like Axl okay. Rose. Okay, Sebastian Bach... Bach waiting for the phone to ring. <laughs> All right, Sebastian Bach will be playing the, the Jericho Cruise next year. How about that? Absolutely. Maybe. That would be where the angle pays off. Yeah. At the Jericho Cruise. How about Nick Hausman? Nick and I, you know, we do the wrestling Nick Daily a couple times a week, and, and he and I got into it a few weeks ago uh, of like when Jericho announced that he was going to do a cruise next year. It's like next February or whatever. And like, and Nick, and he, and I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't say if he's here. Nick is noticeably a lot more like, I don't want to say concerned, but like he, he's a lot more like this pandemic is super, super serious. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, you know, it's serious, but it's just, you know, we have different philosophies. And I, and, and he was so appalled, he was so amazed and appalled that Jericho would announce for a cruise next year in the midst of a pandemic. And I said, watch, when the first tickets go on sale, this thing will sell out like that. And he's like, no, it won't. Blah, blah, blah. And then it went out and it sold out within like, you know, a day. And he was just so dumbfounded. <laughs> I said, wrestling fans don't care. They want their, they assume that everything will be fine by then. <laughs> I got to put this up. Anthony Puck saying, I find the Mike Tyson stuff embarrassing, actually. I did think so too. I, I'm a big Mike Tyson fan, but um, him out there t- making no sense, and and then it looked like a a SNL version of the Austin Tyson um, angle. I, I, I didn't. I thought they should have done something unique, as opposed to something that looked like they were copying a WWF angle and doing it way less successfully. Mm. But it, it, you know, I was watching and it, it did successfully in the numbers. Savon Vivar, $10. We know that Vince usually goes to his old-timers when ratings are down and with the numbers at an all-time low. Do you think Punk gets any amount he wants? Is he the guy to save Raw right now? Not until you have a live gate. And yeah. no one can save Raw right now. Uh, it's They're too set in their formula. Until they can branch out and start letting guys become larger-than-life stars, uh, they can't. I mean, Punk can come back. It'll probably pop a number for a few weeks, but he'll be back to, you know, feuding with you know, doing their scripted, scripted promos and, and back just doing what he did. And um, I think the problem was if you looked at WWF from 1985 to 1987, it looked very different. 87 mm-hmm. to 92, it looked very different. 92 to 95, 95 to 98. Basically from 2000 on, it has looked the same presentation wise. It's less exciting, not as big stars now and, and not as unpredictable or chaotic. But the look of the show looks the same, and I feel like they need a complete, uh, up, uh, you know, a redo or a revamp uh, because it's just so formulaic right now. Punk's that one guy that everybody like, you know, <clears throat> you know, the, Steve Austin's not having another match. Maybe you get one from The Rock, but he's so in bed with with Hollywood. You know, Punk's like that still that one guy where it's like, okay, he's the one guy that like you wait to see come back the, the, to mend the bridge. You know, I remember seeing his last match here at the Rumble in Pittsburgh in, in, in fourteen. At what, I mean, that's that's been you know, six years now, six and a half years. At what point does he miss the window? At what point has he gone long enough to where it's not a big deal if he comes back? At what point is he not forgotten, but it's like, all right, it's over. Yeah. I, I think we're still a long ways from that because Punk is still a name. I mean, 
he still like when he showed up on backstage that thing it, you know it, it it did a lot of chatter on the internet the next you know the actual backstage <laughs> when he was on it's like yeah. 200,000 viewers or backstage has been canceled already so right yeah but it is interesting that punk all of a sudden is tweeting a lot more about pro wrestling he's been tweeting about mm. the big show and how much he liked working with them uh, and their ses angle um who you know who knows he might be I wouldn't maybe to your point, Justin, that he probably knows that that window is probably closing. Yeah, mm-hmm. get get paid, right? Uh, Leon, our superstar, if Cena were to come back full time and win a world title at SummerSlam, let's say, would you guys embrace it with the state WWE is in right now? I think it's how it's done. Mm. I miss John Cena on TV. I think he would uh, he would move the needle right now. I think in this environment, he would get old in three weeks, too. It's just this plexiglass, stale performance center. I I feel like they need to find another building because this is the performance center is just too stale. It just as an atmosphere, it just sucks. Yeah. No, we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they keep, I mean, you have to have a plan to audible off of. So they keep moving their soonest possible time to return to other buildings. You know, right. So right now, the, the next, date right now is, is September 21st, I think, in D.C. for Raw, and then the following week in Cleveland for Raw, uh, two shows that got cut uh, once the pandemic started. You know, and will they make that? You really can't say until you get to the start of September. At the moment, it seems like no, but who knows? I mean, it's like, but yeah, at some point, they're going to have to, you know, even if even if it's Vince finding a bigger venue in a New York or somewhere where he can set up shop there and get, even if it's just a 1,000 fans in there spread out, I don't know. Because it's, Raj is right. It's just, you need to get back to having a set there the bigger set having just you know even AEW besides the the the, the, the ringside wrestlers making some noise you know they have two pockets two sections that are on that hard camera side that just from when the camera cuts to them it looks like maybe maybe 30 40 50 fans at most but even the sound of them they they were loud enough to where they got they're yelling at Jericho you're scared and during his promo at AEW and like you could hear it and it made it and, and Jericho stopped and he interacted with them like so if you know even if you get a thousand fans in a building that otherwise would have held ten thousand, like it'd be better than nothing almost at this point. And I know economically it might cost Vince something to rent it. Maybe it doesn't make sense to do it. All kinds of things that I don't know. But they need yeah, Raj is right. They have to get out of the PC. And and uh someone pointing out that uh I got where to go. Uh someone was just mentioning that AEW uh looks good. I do think they have the best presentation of this post-pandemic era. But I agree. They suck too. I mean, it's not close to what they had before. Like the, those rabid fans and and that set that they had before, it's the best right now, uh, presentation-wise. But uh, it's not close to what they had before. You know, you're looking at the shows earlier, and if you compared them, it's we, you know, it's just where we are. Yeah. Kind of nuts. Um, so, Raj, go enjoy your anniversary, man. We're All right, We're talk man. about the least essential SmackDown. Well, uh, are we, you're not going to be here for uh, Sunday night, are you? I uh, know Justin will be filling in, and then I'm on all week next week. He's cool. filling in for me all next week. <laughs> there you go. Well, we'll see you next week, man. Have a good night. Riddle shouldn't have lost yet, but all right. Take care, guys. <laughs> Closing words. <laughs> yes. Bye, Raj. There you have it, folks. Now we got to talk about SmackDown. How was now, your Friday? And now everybody <laughs> leaves. Everybody's like, all right. How was your Friday, Justin? What did you do today? I started on Sirius XM with Bully Ray and Mark Henry right. talking from wrestling. Uh, so that started okay. And then I went and um, 
I actually went and looked at a house. There was a house that we really felt oh. that we might, but uh, we're not going to get it. Um, but it was a good experience. And <laughs> uh, getting ready for vacation, or, well, staycation next week. I am actually going somewhere, but it's just going to stay in a beach house next week. So I'm um, getting ready for that. So it's a good day. Then I watch SmackDown, and here I am with you. I'm telling you, man, we've been looking at properties because now in this era where being at home is more the norm than ever. It really matters where you live and where we live just ain't cutting it so much anymore. So yeah, it's addicting, man. Like you start doing it. So you actually went in person and looked at the place. Well, and literally, well, I mean, I'm in a, we're in a house now that we, that we own, but like literally the house actually was actually three streets. It's in the same neighborhood, but it oh, checked gotcha. off, it, che it checked off even more boxes that we know we want to have long-term. So we went and looked at it and, um, that's not going to happen. Uh, we, we actually put an offer in and, and it, it was, Oh, wow. It went on the market yesterday, and uh, we were the third bid that came in, the third offer that came in, and uh, unfortunately, somebody went far higher than what we were going to do. Uh, so, we've been looking uh, in the Central Valley of California, where your money goes a lot further, and um, it's crazy. Like a lot of properties just aren't moving, but it's funny. Like now, I, I'm a guy that always grew up in the suburbs, um, lived in like you know townhomes, uh, usually condos, like smaller places. But now that I'm a little older. And if our budget will go further, part of me is like, I want acreage. I want yeah. space. Yeah. I mean, you're Room not to breathe. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're only going to find so much land in the neighborhood I'm in. And like, we're in one of the best school districts in Pittsburgh and in the state of Pennsylvania. So it's like when things go up on the market, they go quickly. And uh, one of, you know, luckily for us, because we'd stay in the same school district, you know, we, we, it wasn't a case that we're like, oh, we, we need to have this deal done in the next three weeks to have our kid ready for school year. No, like, you know, we told them we could, we could, if we want to wait two months, you know, and so we thought we had that going for us because this, this school district so damn competitive. Um, and that would be the dream too. You could just literally walk stuff over. You don't even need to do a big move. Well, and my brother-in-law lived a street from where this was. So, it, you know, it was like, we really would have had help there. So. Yeah. Everyone's telling me now talking about the Central Valley in California. It's, it's uh, the Fresno Clovis area. I've been looking at where uh, Clovis. So like right outside Fresno, supposedly rated one of the best places to live in California. Uh, anyhow, uh, my Friday, we just announced in the middle of the day, like, oh, we got some work done. You know what? I feel like watching the movie Summer School with Mark Harmon. And then we made it a double feature. Uh, another movie with Summer in the title directed by the late Carl Reiner. Uh, we watched Summer Rental with John Candy. So we watched Summer yeah. School and Summer Rental back to back. It was a fantastic afternoon and then finished like John Candy was winning the regatta using his pants as a sail. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> while Richard Crenn is sitting there just looking so angry. Uh, and then uh, we flipped right over to, uh, to SmackDown and started that right after summer rental ended. All right. So let's do SmackDown. So with the promos tonight, what did you think of the style of starting it with everybody it was talking to the camera? Yeah, I dug it. You know, there was the kind of the. I saw some people refer to it as like the cheesy music underneath, but I thought this was good. Basically, for anybody who missed it, they went around and you know they 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 basically had promos from all these different talents that were hyping what the major storylines are going to be tonight. And and Riddle and AJ Styles kicked it off, and I liked it. Rather than doing the um, as Raj just noted, you know the presentation's been so so repetitive for so long, where it's like if they want to update you on what the stories are and what you're going to see tonight. You know, they show you some soap opera like uh, you know video package edited together, and it's just very wrestling. It's just it, you know, it's just it's 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 more of the same. So I thought this this kind of crash beginning of like quick testimonials to the camera, I, I, it was worth trying something different, and I don't think it was bad. So I, I was I was cool with this, and then like and then, the, and then it segued yeah. into the new day being the last one, and then them being you know live. What was Biggie saying? Cesaro is the Swiss Superman. And it's a bird, it's a plane. My fist is his lowest lane. I think, think about that for a second. Think <laughs> about that for a second. 
let that sink in. Yeah. Um, Zip Nation. Zip Nation and I will be neighbors if I move there. He lives in Fresno, borderline Clovis. It's hot AF here. But yeah, it's pretty cheap. Uh, Central Air. We don't have Central Air now. Fresno, I believe the location of the great 96 Royal Rumble. Where, oh. Shawn, where Shawn Michaels had his big comeback story. We've gone to Fresno to see WWE many times. It's about three hours from where we currently are. I was really impressed with uh, Fresno. And I think in California, Central Valley gets uh, stereotyped unfairly. I was really impressed with the layout there. Um, and WWE comes to Fresno State twice a year, like clockwork, um, which would be right nearby. So uh, after these promos, we started with Big E with Kofi Kingston versus Cesaro with Shinsuke Nakamura. And the winner is going to pick either a table match or steel cage match at Extreme Rules. Uh, pretty straightforward match. Cesaro winning via pinfall. But what do you think about this? It's going to be a, a – they said tables match, right? Cesaro ended up choosing a tables match. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, this is Extreme – I mean, well, here's the thing. Remember, they're on the PC. The way they do their cages, they're assembled already in lower two. It's not they don't do it like the old blue cage where they assemble the cage piece by piece. Now, I mean, in in theory, extreme rules could be taped hours or days ahead of time. You have no way of knowing it's on a closed set. So, I mean, I guess they could do something. But like when the option was there, I was like, they're not going to suspend a cage to lower it down. I just don't see them piecing it. So, uh, tables match it is, and they, and they needed a gimmick match. Actually, you know, it's extreme rules, and there's no. There's eye gouging and there's a fight at a swamp, but there's no traditional just extreme match. So that's that. But this is a good singles match, actually. I mean, and again, you can't go wrong with Cesaro. I say this every week. You can't go and you can't go wrong with Big E. So it's two guys that like just. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it was, so this was a good match to start. And the fact that it had something on the line. OK. I mean, interesting. Uh, I think they're both in similar positions in their career right now. They're fan favorites. They always put on a great match. It just feels like. I feel like they're being held back a little bit with what's currently going on. Well, uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I'd say Big E's being held back. I mean, again, I, so. I, mean, I mean, yeah, well, uh, look, New Day is one of those ones. They have so much energy and good on them, but I mean, they, I mean, they, they are such fan favorites and such fan interaction. It sucks for them not having a different city to to introduce when they do their. Oh, there hats you go. Hats off. Hats, hats going off. off. First time in a month. No, it was off the other night. Okay. And by shave the beard, so now I feel like I really got the Bobby Hill thing going on. Oh, and I'm wearing a blue shirt. Even worse. <laughs> um, Zip Nation pointing out, Fresno, also the home of the Royal Rumble 2005 for the infamous John Cena and Batista ending and Vince tearing both of his Oh, my God. Card. That, that's true. Good, 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 good call there. Yes. So Fresno, hot wrestling town. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think uh, this match was good. Just, I felt like I was really waiting for the main event, and actually, I was disappointed with this. I was looking forward to a moment of bliss tonight with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, Sasha and Bailey coming out and interrupting were great. Oscar coming out being the surprise guest. I feel like they built up the surprise. So many people, I think, worked themselves into yeah. false expectations. There was going to be a big announcement about Evolution 2, maybe yeah. Mickey James was coming back. I think Asuka was a bit of a letdown just looking at that this could have been something really big, especially in the big evolution celebration week they've been having for the women this week on WWE programming. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why they chose to, there's a mystery guest and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's Oscar. And I love Oscar, but in the context of being a mystery guest, this was a terrible decision. And like you said, with the factors right now of, of there being a lot of speculation, it's like one of those like worst kept secrets that there's going to be uh, an evolution too. What have you heard about that officially? Because I've just been speculating just based on it's going to happen. Everybody, yeah. I, I mean, everybody I've talked to that's there says it, that 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 that's it's going to happen. It's 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 like the again, it's like the worst kept secret. Um, 
when it's going to be filmed, I have not heard yet. So, you know, I, I, the, the most common thing, but I don't know if it's just people, again, guessing or speculating, is somewhere around WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania, SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. Um, at the end of August. So, but that, but they're still trying to figure out, I think, exactly what to do with that weekend in terms of their Hall of Fame or. Well, not Hall of Fame, but like, you know, is, is NXT going to do something that we, oh, you know, yeah. I mean, it's going to be at the PC. We, we think we know that. It's not going to be in Boston as planned, obviously, but. So crazy. I mean, really, Wednesday night, if they did this on a Wednesday, I think like this would have been a good, not a death blow to AEW, but this would have been a good cherry on top. But I, and I have heard, I actually did, I don't think that's, I don't think that's out of the possibility that, yeah. that, they, that they would do just the way they did Great American Bash as a gimmick theme for two weeks, that they would not have a week where it's NXT evolution. You defend paper. every woman's title on there. You'd make it a three-hour event on USA. Maybe even do part of it on the network. I think, uh, yeah, I think it would be a good ratings uh, move. But yeah, tonight, um, I don't know. This just felt kind of small by comparison. Sasha and Bailey winning uh, this tag match against Asuka and Nikki. Um, Asuka, and Nikki, Asuka and Nikki were, were strangely entertaining together. <laughs> oh, they're great. I mean, they're two of the biggest personalities yeah. you know, on the roster, period, male or female right now. It's kind of like we're, we're the, the the way that we're all waiting for the announcement of an evolution too is about the same angst that we're waiting for Bailey and Sasha to turn on each other and have a match. I think that's going to be longer. Although that would be that's almost too big to do at an Evolution pay per view. I think that's SummerSlam WrestleMania. Well, I think the original plan was for it to happen at this year's SummerSlam because it was going to be in Boston and in Sasha's backyard. Whether or not they still do that, even with it not being in Boston, I don't know. Yeah. We shall see. Um, what'd you think of this Firefly Funhouse coming live from the swamp tonight? Good, good. Um, you know, uh, we're seeing. You know, I like that Bray has basically just turned into uh, you know the three faces of, of Bray, the three faces of Foley. We have Firefly Funhouse sweater va- Bray. We now we had the, the the fiend, and now we've we've kind of reverted back to the the the, the Bray from the swamp, from the, the original incarnation of the gimmick. Um, and I think this is good. You know, it's happening again. It's happening in the history that he has with Braun. Um, I, I like this. I, I, it was, it, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see this. I mean, obviously, I think like most probably, this is the most. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to Extreme Rules as a whole, but I'm looking forward to probably this one. This the Swamp match is what's going to make me be able to stay awake and stay focused and stay excited to watch and then do this podcast because I think we're going to see something really exciting with it. And yet, with these three faces of Bray. All three combined don't compare to the fourth face, which is Muscle Man Bray Wyatt. No, they don't compare. Why they aren't they compare. giving us that? That is golden. I'll tell you what, if they brought, if they brought back Southpaw Regional Wrestling, if they brought that back, you know the Muscle Man would have to... But, I mean, maybe they're saving that for a live crowd. You're telling me if they put on the Muscle Man dance song mm. and he came out there in the Zubas and the headband, mm. like the crowd wouldn't lose their shit for that? I, I'm, 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 I agree with you. There's a lot of things. It, it, it sounds like a cop-out, but, and, 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 you know, and again, it's you know, again, we're in the, the midst of what we're in, so we don't know. But there's a lot of things. When they can finally get back in front of crowds, even if it's at lesser capacity, you know, the thing, you know, the things they could do with Bray that they, that they were doing the first place that they got the crowds going. You know, you, you know even this is NXT, the Karrion Cross. I want to see Karrion Cross's entrance with he and Scarlett in front of a live crowd yeah. and how they react to that. This, we, whenever the first WWE show, <clears throat> and even AEW show, get back in front of some crowd. And when I say some, at least a thousand, something in a, in a traditional arena, 
I think there's going to be such, it is going to be one of the most well-responded live crowds. Even if the show is not, even if the show is middle line, I think people are going to be so appreciative to be there, to be out. If they're there, they feel at least safe enough to be there and take their precautions, masks or whatever. But I think they're going to be so appreciative <laughs> to like be able to cheer and have live wrestling. My Here's my prediction. I think that when they think Bray, when they're kind of done with pushing Bray, and then they let him kind of do what he wants. I think then he's going to get to do the muscle man thing. And that's going to quickly put him back into the top tier. Cause they underestimate. They probably think it's too silly right now, but I'm telling you the fan response to that, I think is going to catapult him when yeah. they allow him to do that. But I think right now they're not letting him do that. Wouldn't it be great. You know, using the reference of three faces of Foley, if they let Bray do something that are like a rumble, remember that you remember yeah. the year, remember the year where oh, yeah. man, mankind dude, love and cactus Jack each came yeah. out of a different entrance. That's <laughs> when, and that's what you have. They should all get eliminated. And then muscle man should come in and win the rumble. Well, I, I don't know about that. I think we, I think you have sweater vest, Bray, uh, you know, swamp Bray muscle man. And then you think it's done. And then the fiend comes, there you go. Now the fiend's number one contender. He goes to mania. The muscle man can kick the look at that. Ass. I, did, I, did, I look at that. I just booked Rumble in like a matter of fifteen seconds, and then on July seventeenth. <laughs> Why does creative suck so much? Oh. This is what I keep thinking about. Do they just not have fun, or do they sit there and they like spit all these ideas and they bring the Vince and it's like, "What? You're insane? No, that's not what the people will cheer." Nah, you know, look, I, you definitely it definitely seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchens when you when you when you know about how many writers there are and how like the, the process is not streamlined. But and I think I've said this on the air, so it's nothing new. Like in 2014, I I had had an interview. I got all the way to the final stage of interviewing with Ed Kosky and Dave Kapoor, who were the head writers at WWE. I interviewed with Creative, and I and I learned a lot about the process just just in that experience. And there there are a lot of good ideas and good people that are on these creative teams, Absolutely. and yet, and it's somewhat of a of a revolving door at times. There are a lot, but the problem is, it's just. Things aren't streamlined, and there are, and, and then even you could, you could take five writers, and they could write a, a really good sequence of a couple weeks, couple months of of, of television, and have some really awesome uh, angles and, and and characters pushed. But then there are things that that people don't take into account. Well, this person was promised some time off, so then that makes the domino effect of, of what sure. you do here, or. Uh, Fox really wants to have this person featured because they'd like to have them featured on this crossover with whatever, whatever, or USA would like to have this person featured on one of their special shows. So we really need to have this person win a few. And that has a domino effect. And there's so many more examples like that. There's so many. And then, and then there becomes the, the politics. Then there just becomes Vince and just, he's not feeling something. There are just so many things you can have such great things written, but it's so easy for so many other factors to come in and just completely uh, negate it. So. And I think that's the problem. It just, I mean, tonight, great examples of just 50, 50 booking, just sort of uninspired segments. I mean, I liked the build tonight with Miz and the Morrison against Braun Strowman. I love the stuff they did with the Miz and Morrison and that opening promo and their hype with this, but we knew Braun was going to win. And Braun's promo was interesting. Like his response to Bray. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how this goes, but does Braun feel like the, the main champion to you right now? Um, uh, he feels just as much as the main champion as Drew McIntyre does. Look, I, I hate the fact that John Morrison was the victim of the squash like this. Cause again, Morrison, you know, I know if Matt was here, he'd be singing Morrison's praises, but, um, it was nice that Braun came out. He was so like, it, it was like a, he was just so over the top. And so it, it was like, he was on like a 
cocaine rage. He was just in such rage <laughs> and fear. He even says fear of like what the fiend is. And then he even says, if he doesn't beat this Bray Wyatt, then we're going to get the fiend. And he was so scared. Like it, it, and, and, and Miz and Morrison are selling it, looking at each other like scared shitless. So it was so unique. I was like, okay. And then he goes in there and he just completely squashes Morrison and they're rushing the gurney and then the medics out. And I'm like, okay, Braun's probably going to lose this because he beat the first, he won the first match against Bray. He's probably going to lose this one. And then our rubber match is he and the fiend at, at SummerSlam. So I like the fact that, okay, he's going to lose and I'm sure they'll protect him. Maybe he'll get eaten by an alligator or something. Uh, I, I like the fact that like he came out, at least in this go home, and this is right after this awesome Bray promo, and this makes and this made Braun look dangerous as ever. I was like, you know what? This might be one of the best builds to a main event that WWE's done, really? at, le- at least in the pandemic era. Yeah, I just think you just had to say swamp match, and I was in. You know? Yeah, but but this was good. This was the, the go home. It's two nights away. Bray is already at the location, just waiting for him to come, and he does this creepy promo, and then Braun comes, and Braun is just uh, high on rage. Takes out a Morrison, and it's like, okay, I am ready for a fight here. Uh, Anthony Puck pointing out, saying, uh, does anyone remember there's actually a current Mr. Money in the Bank? And does anyone remember who it is? What has been up with Otis? He's been suspiciously absent. Uh, well, let's just say this. There's been a good crop of people <laughs> from SmackDown who have all of a sudden disappeared after a lot of concern about testing. So let's just assume such. Okay. No, and I hope uh, for swift recovery from everyone that's dealing with it. This is no joke. Um, we got to look back uh, on the karaoke challenge won by Naomi. This worked better as a recap than it <laughs> did an actual segment. Yes. Uh, interesting angle. Okay. I mean, I know we kind of talked some shit before about how they've built women's angles. I think Lacey being mad that she should have won the karaoke contest. It's creative. I love Lacey and I love Naomi. I was out of the room for this, not because of them, but just for the other things. So I, I'm not going to offer an opinion here. because I, I, I missed it completely. Short match. Lacey won okay. via pinfall. Um, I want them to give these women something real. They deserve more than this. Fair. You know, I mean, I know we've been harping on a women's show. And now with the Peacock streaming services launch oh, on, yeah, pre- right. on, on the premium tier, WWE has content that's on the premium tier, which to me is like, I'm not surprised because Vince alluded at the beginning of the year in an investor's call about selling off content to other streaming platforms. But so what the trickle down effect to me is what about the WWE network? Okay. Mm. If you're going to start selling content off to these other places and then, okay, NXT is no longer a commodity on the network because it's on cable. Like, you need to replenish the bucket of why the hell do you even have a WWE network besides oh. the ar- besides the tape archives, besides the tape library. Um, so again, I think now more than ever, there's a need to to, to invest in, in the women's only sh- show. Name and row buck 99. Do you think WWE has too much talent normally, but lately it doesn't feel that way given the restrictions. No, Nate, they, when they stopped being able to have live, the whole, the whole reason WWE had the, the depth of a roster they did prior to April 15th, the whole reason they always carried that heavy, even though you would, even though there would be, even though a third of the talent you would not see regularly on television. And if you did, they'd be getting squashed or in a random 24 seven segment. The reason they carried that deep was because they had two live event tours. Yeah. You'd have Raw SmackDown, but then you'd have each each tour, so to speak, would then have two or three other non-televised um, live events that that week in different cities. So, so you needed to have a roster deep enough to where 
Uh, yeah, I've seen that person one or, once or twice on TV, but she just needed people to fill the, the thing. That's why they carried that deep. Uh, you know, then when it became clear you're not going to be doing live events for, you know, you're not going to be doing non-televised for quite a while, that was a big part of, well, we don't need to have all this, this these guys and girls on roster. So right now where they're at, they're fine. Now, when you get hit with, uh, oh, there's dozens of talents that tested positive for COVID, we got to send them home. Then it starts to look a little thin, but I, I think the numbers are where they're at. That's fine for what the situation is. Yeah, booted up the Peacock app yet? I have not. Mm. I had already. I, I, I already. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you're the same way. I still have Comcast cable. Mm-hmm. I have Disney Plus because I have two kids. I have Netflix. I have Hulu. I have Amazon Prime. I have the WWE Network. I mean, Did you watch uh, Hamilton on Disney Plus yet? I, my wife wanted me to watch it. I was like, you know what? I'll watch it at some point. But like, you know, between this schedule of wrestling and this and that, I was like, don't wait on me. So she, went, you, yeah, well, she watched it. She, she watched it the first time, and she was like, I think I think there was too much hype, and she's like, I'm not feeling all the hype. She rested a two days, went back and watched it again, and she's like, you know what? This is actually now like, and then and then it won her over. So it's very good. Uh, I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna feel when you when the first song comes on, you're gonna think, what in the hell have I got myself into? This is very weird. Please tell me the entire musical is not going to be like this. Um, but my recommendation is watch it with the captions on because some of the rapping comes so fast that it's very hard to follow at times. And that's what her and I talk about. That's what that was my worry is like, is, um, yeah, I was worrying about losing out on things. Like, I, the, the first musical I ever saw live on Broadway, and it was great because I had to see it with um, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, oh. was the producers. Yeah. And, but I'd already knew the story. So even even if I miss something in the in the quick dialogue, I still know that like you know I still knew, but that's that's something I was worried about with this whole thing of of this whole federalist and rapping and I was like I feel like I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna miss some stuff here. I mean you know the beats you 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 know how the story ends like you know <laughs> yeah. America wins the Revolutionary War. I mean I feel spoiler. like spoiler yeah. Glenn. spoiler spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, no, I listened to the soundtrack and I have to admit, like, um, I listened to the first time I was like, all the hype's about this. And then, yeah, when I was able to sort of follow it more and then like watching, um, like seeing it live by the time I saw it live, like I already knew the whole thing forwards and backwards, but yeah, it's really uh, phenomenal. I think it's very enjoyable. Uh, it's one of those weird things when you hear, uh, you know, that someone like Dick Cheney can watch that and be like, oh my God, this is a transformative piece of art. I think that it just shows how wide reaching. Is that a fact? Did he say that? Yeah. Yeah, That's Dick cool. Cheney loved it. Right. So it's uh, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's a very interesting piece. I, I recommend that everyone watch it. Um, Nate Monroe wants you to know there's a Family Matters marathon on TV One. Nate, I'm way ahead of you. For a while here during the the pandemic and quarantine, it's been doing that. And I uh, from like four o'clock until eight o'clock on a weekday, and I would record different episodes. And like my my oldest daughter started get into it, but now with the Hulu. They have all the they have, they have all nine mm-hmm. seasons of Family Matters on there. They have all the step by steps and the hanging with Mr. Cooper. So, I pr- we've we've pretty much watched the majority of the Family Matters that I will allow my daughter to watch. It's a couple that I won't let her watch. And so now, wait, really? Yeah, Family Matters like went there. Well, th- there's so there's one of like um, there's violence going on. One of Laura's friends gets shot, so Laura looks at buying mm-hmm. a gun. Don't want that one. And, and then actually, actually, that's the first time. This is this is pre-Stefan days. And after at the end of the episode, when they're like getting ready to roll the credits, they go to a the entire cast is is gathered on the set and they do a PSA. Oh wow! And Jaleel White speaks as Jaleel White, which up to this point you've only ever seen him speak as Steve Urkel. But they talk about the the the, the importance of 
of uh, you know, gun safety and, and gun violence and wow. speak up and this and that. So I won't ever watch that. There's a couple of like Eddie and virginity and oh. yeah. So too many questions. Like those, like those edgier episodes of Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. So. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. ABC was kind of notorious. Like Mr. Belvedere, head of the class. They all had episodes where it was like the guy wants to lose his virginity, goes out with the girl that has the reputation in yeah. school, ends up getting to know her as a person. And then she like develops a sense of self-esteem and all the other boys in school are mad at the boy because yeah. uh, she stopped her, uh, you know, loose moral ways. So for family matters, it's uh, this hot girl who's very loose, who Eddie wants to get with <laughs> girls, girl, the girls failing uh, math. So Eddie says to Steve tutor her. Cause she says she'll be very grateful to me. If you can get her an a oh. girl finds good in Steve, Steve finds good in her. Steve basically cock blocks Eddie and says, you know, girl, you don't have to be this way. You can just love yourself. A lot of things there. And, you know, there's also Steve, you know, Laura and the girls go to a strip club. Steve tries to stop it. He ends up becoming Steve, the sensuous scientist at the strip club. So I don't want to show my daughter that one. There's several that just. There's a lot of stuff that hasn't really aged well. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that today when we were watching Summer School even. And I was like, oh, okay, Summer School is not nearly as problematic as like Revenge of the Nerds. But there's just some things you see and you're like, well, you couldn't. You just couldn't do this today, but it's it's interesting the tropes. We were also rewatching an old Growing Pains. Either Growing Pains not streaming anywhere. What's up with that? Really? I, I had to buy an episode on iTunes. I had to buy to be, my favorite episode of Growing Pains for two dollars. There has to be a contractual reason behind that. I guess. How can you not be streaming anywhere when there's this many streaming services now? I know. I know. Uh, back to SmackDown. I can just hear. Oh yeah, we're talking Matt Morgan. Oh, he, uh, oh! I, we would have. I would have never been able to deep dive into the the uh, the anthology of episodes of Family Matters with him here. He would have. I don't know. I think Matt. Matt sometimes he gets on board. You know, it depends on how good the episode was. But um, let's talk about Jeff Hardy's response to Sheamus tonight. Uh, so is this match not happening at Extreme Rules? The bar fight? Because he was saying next week. Yeah, it seemed like it's not. Um... Or no, maybe it's on Sunday. It says okay. According to this, it does say it's Sunday. Let me let me look. It at does it? Yeah, because I wasn't sure either. The the context. Yeah, it's another it's, it's another match. I think that would be pre-filmed, but I, or pre-taped. But what I don't know is again, Sheamus, do your own. You know, do your own speculation. But Sheamus has been somebody who they've not had there in person. They've had him do all these things from home. So I I, I don't know if that's a fluid situation of of his availability to be in person to film. Huh. Hey, uh, I'm not seeing it on this one card. Let me look on the other. Extreme rules. Oh, it was supposed to be in San Jose originally. Nope, it ain't on the card. Yeah, I, I think they probably pushed it back due to... But, due to, but I mean, they're just trying to do shorter pay-per-views? They are, sure, yeah. No, well, since they've been doing these pay-per-views from... PC, that's been a thing. It's been like if you go back and look at the runtime for Money in the Bank, look at the runtime for the one other one besides Backlash. Um, yeah, they're shorter. I mean, they're like you know, two hours, two hours and 20 minutes, maybe. So, well, and, and the other thing is, they don't have to, these pay per views don't have to be live in the most traditional sense. Obviously, the cinematic matches are already taped, and even if the ones that you're airing look live can be done hours or a few days before, so you, so you can edit it down and, and keep keep it down. So uh, we had this backstage promo with Sasha and Bailey, and I liked how they did this, and then they went to uh, 
Nikki and Alexa watching them and then Nikki cross talking and then getting attacked uh, by, or pardon me though, then, then them going over and attacking Sasha and Bailey that they could hear laughing in the distance. I thought this was kind of cool how they did this, but um, yeah. Bailey's retaining on Sunday, right? I mean, that's. Yeah, I think we're leading to, I mean, again, I think we're still leading to Bailey versus Sasha at some point here. That just seems to be, but yeah, Bailey's not losing it to Nikki. And, Sa- and Sasha's, I don't think Sasha's going to beat Oscar, which yeah. is a shame because that would be a really, that would be good optics with the tag team champs to each be a different brand champion. Like, and I hate to say it, even though Oscar's a joy, given what Sasha's done for the ratings, I could see them almost rewarding her. And I almost see if Sasha beat Oscar and she's if Sasha's champion, if she's the singles woman's champion for the one brand and Bailey's a singles champion for the other brand. Again, going back to our Evolution 2 talk, that would be a great Evolution 2 main event, right? A, a singles champion versus singles champion. Oh, and let me go a step further. Asuka goes to NXT to challenge EO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, actually, now that, we're, now that we're just kind of booking this out loud, I maybe... I don't think so. I don't think... Yeah, no, Bailey's not losing, but now you have me questioning the Sasha Asuka match. I mean, because I feel that with Rhea, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how, how far NXT is thinking ahead, but I could see Asuka for a minute going to NXT and doing something there. Who knows? But it's this this unknown, right? It's this unpredictability. Like, I, yeah. that's the match I'm most interested in, aside from the Swan match, is yeah. Asuka versus Sasha. It could be cool. Uh, but let's talk about this main event. This should have been on a pay-per-view, I thought, tonight. AJ Styles... Versus Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship. Long match. I mean, they got a half an hour here. here uh, the entire last quarter of the show. And uh, I thought a lot of good back and forth. It seemed like this could go either way. But very quickly, Styles got a reverse at the end uh, and hit the pin after they shook hands. Because, you know, mutual respect and all. And then Baron Corbin attacking uh, before we went off the air. Um so Corbin versus Riddle looks like it's next. Do you think it was a mistake not to put uh, the belt on Riddle right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He came in really hot. That Here, here's what's weird. I earlier in the night they did a backstage promo with Corbin, where they did the interview with him, where they were like basically just highlighting the problems he's had with Riddle and and, and dating back to the fact that when Riddle had his cameo at Royal Rumble, you know, he eliminated Corbin. So like when they did this promo, I was like. Damn it. Like, this is basically to me giving away that, that Corbin's going to interfere or cost Riddle and Riddle's yeah. not going to win. Because cause otherwise, with this big fight feel they did with the opening of SmackDown and the fact that Riddle won a few weeks ago, I was like, you know, this maybe this happens. Maybe they're trying to pop a rating. Maybe this happens. But then I see this this promo. I'm like, damn it. It's just it's going to be a screwy finish. So we watched the match. It's a really good match. Corbin doesn't interfere. Riddle actually loses clean, but it's one of those it, it's one of those clean losses where it's like, you know, he had this great submission on AJ and AJ just happened to shift his weight the right way and roll him up. You know, and this is in classic wrestling that, you know, for the older wrestling fans, um, you know, uh, uh, Brett Piper uh, Mania 8. You know, Piper's with a sleeper on, Brett kicks up on the turnbuckle, just shifts his weight back and pins Piper shoulders. Brett and Austin did the same thing. Survivor Series 96. So it's weird. Riddle lost clean, but I was actually okay with it because I was like, you know what? I'd rather Riddle lose clean in that fashion where he just had AJ beat 
versus if they would have just had Corbin come in and calls a DQ or calls a, a cheap distraction. If that makes yeah. any sense. I'm actually okay with this because I was fearful of the worst. Um, Riddle needs to beat Corbin, whether it's whether that's sure. whether that's in an upcoming SmackDown or whether that's what they build to for SummerSlam. Um, but it clearly looks like Matt Riddle is one of the major pieces that SmackDown is going to have to build around here long term. Yeah, we shall see. Um, so uh, Jay Dilly and other people mentioning tension between Alexa and Nikki. I could see them putting them in a feud, breaking them up, especially if they're not going to break up Sasha and Bailey right now. Yeah, I could do. Nikki, I like that they're letting Nikki be Nikki again. I feel like Nikki was so subdued compared to her NXT character and how she came up to uh, the main roster. Um, I like that. Knock it off. Yes, but I like that now they're letting her be a little more animated and unhinged. Like it's. I, yeah. I love Nikki. I think she's fun. I, don't I do know. too. I think she's I, great. Yeah. I don't understand how people don't see. How wild is it? Do you, I might I might refresh your memory here. Remember, Nikki Cross was once a part of a thing called Sanity. Oh yes. <laughs> but if you watch that NXT, you had her and you had Killian Dane and I think her husband and um, yeah, and Eric Young and maybe somebody else was in there and uh, <laughs> this crazy entrance and this and that and like Dane's still with NXT. Eric Young's gone. He was uh, Alexander Wolf, right? Alexander Wolf, yeah. Um. And and Nikki Cross is the one who has... Sanity uh were the Forgotten Sons before the Forgotten Sons were forgotten. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Like uh, to I best mean... of my to best of my knowledge, dude is still under contract, but man, his two you know, I always talk about how being in a tag team in wrestling is dangerous because like, you know, if you're in a tag team in wrestling and your partner gets hurt, well now that puts you on the shelf too. Or if you're in tag team wrestling and your partner fails a wellness test, that puts you on the shelf essentially. Um <laughs> you're in this trio and dudes, you know, show some, you know, show some political, uh, alliance. And, and then now all of a sudden you're the other two guys and you're like, our TV, our, our, our TV push has just been killed and I had nothing to do with it. It's, it's crazy. And cause normally that type of stuff doesn't happen in WWE. I mean, we've seen people weather greater storms over more serious controversies and not, be penalized in any way yeah but 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 nobody's been cut so maybe maybe it's a go away until people forget about it yeah um so i thought tonight like tonight moved pretty quick i mean there was not a lot of essential matches i thought the main event was good um i thought the promo segments were actually pretty fun but yeah i mean this this was a, a breezy friday night it's amazing how quickly you can watch SmackDown and be like, you know what, this is far more entertaining than Raw. And again, I think a lot of it has to do with it. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just better content packed in two hours. Well, you know, I was distracted with my bagel injury. It looks like my uh, my root mouth has stopped bleeding finally. So that's uh, thank God. Thank God for that. Thank God. Um, oh yeah, Dolph's picking a stipulation on Sunday. Jay Dilly's uh, saying, "What's what's his stipulation for the Extreme Rules match or whatever?" So he's fighting Silly Drew. Days. He's fighting Drew, right? He's fighting Drew in uh, the most believable matchup ever. This could be Dolph Ziggler's time to shine. All right, so let's see. So we have a tables match, we have a high gouging match, we have a swamp match. Oh man, I don't know. Chairs match. I don't. Like, what the fuck? Like, what would Dolph pick? What would Dolph pick against Drew? Like, has there been like a standing 
There hasn't been a weapon that's been used. Like, has there been? No, I mean it's it's just it's just dumb, man. Like, oh I'm god, looking at... I could oh. see something stupid like a lumberjack match and it's MVP and his crew and I don't know. When's the last time a lumberjack match was actually cool? No, well, it's that's never been cool. It's true. I think they did one. I think I think there was like a lumberjack match between like like nineteen ninety three early episodes of Raw, the Manhattan Center. I think like maybe like. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Shawn Michaels. Maybe that was a lumberjack match. And it was like a big deal because you saw all these talent out there at the same time, which you never did. So 1993 was probably the last time the lumberjack match was good. Actually, I've got one, if I'm hmm. remembering it correctly. Enzo versus Callisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Because didn't the entire roster hate Enzo? Like, in, in K, I mean, probably personally, but in kayfabe. <laughs> so it gave it like it gave it a good, good stakes, right? Like the idea that it's essentially the entire roster against Enzo yeah. by proxy in this match. That was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, if you can get some like, yeah, I mean, if you can get some legit heat, that makes the thing make it work. Enzo uh, started an OnlyFans account. Really? To teach wrestling. Wait, he like, what he's like, put, like putting like training videos up. He's putting videos you could you can follow him for free, but he's got like videos you have to pay to unlock. What the hell could be so interesting that I want to pay to unlock? I don't know. I don't. I've like fans. If if, 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 me, if me, Glenn, and Matt started an OnlyFans, but our videos <laughs> were special conversations that we would not otherwise do on here, or maybe we would do more of. Would you pay? And, um, and occasionally, Matt Morgan. Would flex and send a picture. I say I wouldn't charge per video, but <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, so like we've talked about this before, like a Patreon or something. I think having a nominal fee to to just unlock extra content would be kind of cool to do something that was a little less public. But yeah, I just thought it was like it was interesting. I still think Enzo has potential. I just think it's very interesting the moves he's made in recent mm. years. This is and not what I would have predicted. Enzo and Big Cass, at one point, I was like, man, that's going to be like, these guys are going to be like fire for a lot of years. And it's just, it's sad that it just. And Cass, we haven't heard. I hope Cass is okay. I mean, we haven't, I feel like it's been a while since. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've had, I had a little bit of, I, it's been about a year since I've talked to him. Uh, yeah. I have nothing, I, I can't, I like, I like the guy. Uh, it's, I, I just, what, those two guys, like I said, the, the, those two guys, like together, the music, the entrance, the promo, the in-ring stuff too. It just was like, man, this is money for years written all over it, and just it just fell apart in the most unpredictable ways with each of them singularly. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I still think uh, they could have a great comeback, and I felt like they were on their way towards it before yeah. some of Cass's demons were getting the better of him. Yeah, you know, I, I hold out hope. Drew McIntyre didn't have the same kind of demons, but like Drew McIntyre, like didn't live up to what he you know, the chosen one. He went away. He you know beefed up. He he worked the world and worked around in the world, and then came back and he you know, he is where he's at. I still hope for something like that for especially big cast. I still yeah. hope for something like that, like where it may not be this year, but 2021, 2022, that he just he comes back and he's just a refreshed version of himself in a great place and gets a gets a chance.
And let me just be clear, someone who suffered from depression, I do not mean demons in a pejorative way. I mean, in sort of an old school way, but Cass has been very upfront with talking about his issues um, and struggles there. So I'm just by no means putting them down and certainly admire uh, his public words to that effect, because I think that it does help people when people talk about these things publicly. Uh, on the subject of Dolph and Drew, the chat room is thinking maybe a hair match, which would yeah, be the silliest no. stipulation. Neither of them's cutting their hair. I don't know. Well, Drew shouldn't, but I could see Dolph losing and getting a haircut. Nah. Those golden locks. It's got to be something physical. It needs to be chairs match, uh, ladder match, TLC match, something. It's got to be something physical. We need Extreme Rules needs physical. Yes. Like the Olivia Newton-John song. Exactly. Which is racier than you remember it being as a kid. Like you remember that? Like no, you weren't you weren't born then. Kids walking around singing, "Let's get physical." Like people doing jazzercise and like PE classes to kids doing jumping jacks to let me hear your body talk. Like not appropriate, not cool. I'm gonna. I, I've never seen the video. I'm gonna guess the music video of that match has yoga pants in it. Uh, the music video of that match is Olivia Newton John uh, looking tastefully sexy, working out with a bunch of overweight and out of shape men. It's kind of a famous uh, music video from the uh, early 80s. Uh, as soon as we get off here, I'll go YouTube it. Yes. Uh, as people are pointing out, trending on Twitter right now, Naomi deserves better. Hashtag. So you told, like I said, I missed the match. You, you told me that she lost quickly. Was it like embarrassing? It was quick. Not embarrassing, but it's just kind of pointless. I mean, so, you know, not to wax rhapsodical about uh, the days of a feud over someone getting a Japanese uh, shampoo commercial, but it just seemed like I deserve to win that karaoke showcase. Let's have a, let's have a fight. Just seems kind of. She is criminally underutilized. I will say that. I mean, she is, she, I, she, she has been a, um, and obviously I don't work there, but this is a, coming from, you know, what, what I, I mean, I, I've interacted with her a little bit. This is coming from people that have worked around her in so many different capacities. She's like the model and she's the model employee, even though she's an independent contractor. She's the model person. She like, I don't know anybody who doesn't like her there. She's a team player. She's, she's gone again. She's gone from the ground up of you're going to be this dancing funkadactyl in this gimmick that we don't think is even going to, to, uh, to becoming a serious, fun singles competitor. Who's very marketable. Um, I don't know. She, I mean, she, she did good for them on the reality show on E. I know she does every fan signing they ask her to do, whether it's scheduled for her, whether she's filling in. Hey, so and so needs, to, you know, go to this cricket store and do the sign. I mean, she's she's just like this great employee. I, I just and to quote Matt Morgan, she is the embodiment of maximize your minutes. Yeah, she is. I, I she she's athletic as all hell. She's a good person. She's marketable. From the from the sh shallow standpoint, she's she's beautiful as hell. So, I mean, she, multi talented. Just, she could sing. She could dance. She can wrestle. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So I mean, again, I missed the match tonight just by accident. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. but no, you wouldn't miss the match if if you know. Go out of the go use the bathroom. You missed the match. It was very short. Um, yeah. And with Lacey too. I mean, Lacey and Naomi both deserve better. Like this. I mean, good on them for getting on TV, but. Uh, and the karaoke thing, the one thing I'll say is that it's good that they showed Naomi's uh, singing talents. Like, I think show showcasing that. Anything they could do to showcase more of what you do is great, but it just seems like this is kind of a trivial follow-up to it. Um, so, uh, 
Jay Dilley was asking, what do you think is going to main event on Sunday? Um, that's a good question. Given that the, given that I don't see Drew losing the title, Swamp Match, the Swamp Match. Yeah, I, I kind of look at this as like a, um, you know, apparently that I think the same people that worked on the Boneyard match at Mania worked on this, uh, and that being that it's, I think the uh, Bray was going to win. I, I would think that this is, I, I think it would be hard to put this Swamp Match in the show and have anything else try to follow it. So I'm going to go with this, 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 this Swamp Match between Braun and and, and Bray. Swamp match is just fun to say. Right. Swamp. It's a yeah. fun word. Swamp cooler. Swamp ass. Swamp ass. Okay, so I'll tell this story. Uh, back in the band days. Oh, there's a story uh, on that. Back in the band days, uh, I am not big on the flatulent humor. I, I, I like, sure, I, you know, I've laughed at jokes oh, before. You, you uh, and Vince McMahon would never get along. I know. But uh, I remember one time in, the, in, in a van ride uh, with the band. It was like, oh my god, what's that smell? And we were driving like through uh, an area, and there was like, oh, swamp gas. Like that was the thing, and that became like the the euphemistic term when somebody was gassy. And what what's that smell was always swamp gas in the in the band when someone was breaking wind. You know, you don't like the toilet humor, huh? I, mean, I just think it's kind of lazy. Is it as lazy as just uh, ripping the hometown sports team? Elias got Elias got a lot of mileage out of that for a little bit, and I think poor poor Natalia with uh, the gimmick they stuck her with that I didn't think was real when I first heard about it. Oh, the farting gimmick! And, yeah, I had to go back on YouTube. Yeah. I thought somebody was was literally making a, a fantastical statement about mm. the terrible gimmicks they've given women before. Afraid not, their partner. It was a real thing. Yeah, I've I've seen. Um, it's just. I think you know. You're, you heard, do you remember who Todd? You remember Todd Pettengill, right? Uh, no, no. Todd Todd Pettengill was the 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 guy in the '90s. Like they used him for the In Your House just recently. Uh, He's the oh, guy. Yeah, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was like he was like the. Well, now they have a bunch of them, but like how they have like Caleb Braxton and the different. He was just the on air voice for WWE WWF from like '94 to '97 ish. Uh, and they used him for that 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 overall that um in your house intro recently. Well, anyways, Todd Pettengill, Todd, I think I think it's him. He tells the famous story like when he first the first time he went to like the WWE TV studios in the nineties to like audition and, and what have you, and he does the audition, and then he goes to the bathroom, and he goes to the bathroom to just uh, uh just to pee and wash his hands, and there's somebody in the stall that's just uh you know blowing the stall up, and Todd makes like some kind of like almost like you know, Jesus, you know, just some kind of like, wow. Like yeah. he audibly you know, reacts and sells to this person. Well, it comes to be, it's Vince. Vince <laughs> comes out of the stall and Vince just <laughs> like, and it's like the, the legend goes that Vince was so admired by Todd having the ability to embrace the toilet humor of Vince's, Vince's flatulence and bowel movements that, Todd, who wasn't sure if his audition was quite good enough, <laughs> that was what sealed the deal. <laughs> I'll tell you, for me, uh, like the scene in Dumb and Dumber, 
like occasionally oh, there'll be God. something that will just get me. Um, the episode wow. of uh, King of the Hill where Hank is like constipated the entire episode. I think that's a hilarious episode, but it has to be done very, very well. I think yeah. the it's very lazy. You mentioned the dumb and dumber and like, and he's doing that. And then, yeah. and then when, when, uh, when Lauren, what's her face? When, 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 when the character, Mary, when she's yeah. like, Harry, and he's like, I'm shaving. I hope you're not using the toilet because it's broken. <laughs> and then the the, the, the the camera is zooming into his face. <laughs> he's trying to fix this damn thing. It was good. It's classic. Yeah, I mean, th- there are times when it's done well. Uh, the British uh, sitcom Peep Show had a thing where the character was came down with something and there was like someone ripped the door off their their bathroom and a lot of people were coming over and in and out and i mean like it can be done well but it's just often lazy and the natalia thing was the epitome of laziness i'll tell you what last thing and then we yeah. can check out for the night the, 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 this is the first time i ever saw my dad really truly before this is even expression lol i never seen my dad like really keeled over laughing like i've seen him be <laughs> amused but this was was and i'd already seen it once i saw it without him was the first time he watched the 1997 movie, Austin, the very first Austin Powers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when Austin's in the bathroom at the casino and the guy's trying to choke him, and then the guys and the other guy, I feel like it might have been Tom Arnold, actually. Yeah, the Tom guy, Arnold was in the other Tom's stall. Tom's in the other stall, and you just hear Austin struggling, and he's screaming, who does number two work for? Number two being Dr. Evil's assistant. Yes. And... and <laughs> you hear all these noises, and my dad was like keeled over laughing at the, the comedy of this. Well, let me give you the the other end of the spectrum. In Goldmember, when they did the fat bastard joke or whatever with the the uh, fecal matter and the coffee thing, that that's where I'm just like, this is just lazy yeah. Stupid. That like, the that third one. American Pie movie had one where it's just like, oh, like no, like like literally, I would I if I like I would when I rewatch it, just skip or I should just edit it out and just go back because it's just yeah. it's just no can't deal with that yeah um, the, the fat bastard stool sample and he pours yeah, it out the coffee it's a bit nutty uh, uh. uh andrew ma one last question do either of you watch evil's heel turn to championship win in new japan pro wrestling i thought it was great i've read about this i've not seen it yeah same thing i i, I read i saw people praising it uh, admittedly i don't follow new japan you know that that close so i, I can't really comment but that uh, yeah, got a lot of positive response. Too busy thinking about the the nuances of bathroom humor to watch New Japan and Impact <laughs> Wrestling, and there's a Family Matters marathon on, and you know I've there's got only so, there's only so many hours pain. of the day. Only so many hours of the day. I got to look up what Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains is doing nowadays. That that's that's like some deep googling on my part, you know, and seeing uh, his own issues and redemption story and things he's gone through. And then I wonder what's Kirk Cameron up to? Is Way of the Master still a thing? Um, I just remember that viral Kirk Cameron sad birthday party from a couple of years ago. Really, like, God forbid, Justin, people say, oh, my God, if people could see your browser history, imagine all the embarrassing things you Google. And it's not porn. It's not like weird stuff like, you know, best way to, like, hide a corpse. No, it's like, what's what's Kirk Cameron up to these days? Like, how's Jeremy Miller doing? Uh, you know, just the most random, weird tangent today. It's like, where's the shooting script for summer school? And what scenes were in the original draft that weren't actually filmed or included in the final release? And where can I buy such a thing? This is my life and my browser history. I wonder what Matt Morgan's browser history looks like. <laughs> Best hair care products. Uh, top 10 hairstyles of the early 2000s that still totally work today. <laughs> oh, man. That's... <laughs> 
that that could be a Patreon podcast in itself, where we all share the week's Google searches we have. We have to screen grab and show, so we can't leave anything out. We have to show everything that was going Google. We're gonna do something for me. It's not about the money. It's about that I want I want sort of the inner circle. I want the thing, the stuff that maybe we don't want out there as much, you know. Right. But but we know that there are people who watch this podcast who would appreciate it, and uh, it's really for them. It's just to give them like that sense of community and to uh, get a little more real with people right. perhaps in this podcast allows. Do we have any other chats or interesting chat room questions? Oh, uh, we we well, so Wednesday I didn't watch, but uh, I did not mention Tegan Knox coming out. Uh, so Wednesday, was that made public? Did they acknowledge that I'm programming? Or? No, no, she did it herself on Instagram. Oh, good for her. It's yep. awesome. Uh, I'm taking she lost her match on Wednesday night on NXT. Didn't she have a championship? Show? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, she put an Instagram post out with her and her partner and just kind of said, nice. like, put it out there. But was it Tegan Knox or was it Dakota Kai? Because now I get confused. Championship match. Well, it was Tegan Knox, I think. Was it? I think. <laughs> I'd feel really bad if it was Dakota Kai. Wednesday feels like a week ago, honestly. I, I like I said, I did Sirius XM this morning. I did that uh, uh, 13 hours ago, and it feels like it was days ago. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Okay, everybody. Uh, Sunday night, Extreme Rules. Me, Raj Geary, Matt Morgan. No, it's me. No, Justin Labar. That's right. And then we're going to have Raj Geary next week. So it'll be good. Well, uh, go watch uh, some Family Matters. Uh, I'm going to go watch more. I've been watching the raw takes of We Are the World recording and seeing all the different versions and like Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan in it up. Like, that's going to be my Friday night. It's going to be great. Glenn, you go watch whatever you're going to watch. Uh, enjoy some time with the missus. You guys deserve it. Happy 16 years. I just ask you one thing. Yeah. Don't cut your fucking mouth with a bagel again, please. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm gonna gonna make little bagel bites, little bits and pieces, and just eat. A, I'm gonna eat a bagel with a fork. How weirdly neurotic is that? Yeah, it could be what's weirder. Your, let's go down this down. What's your favorite bagel, Justin? What do you like? I, I, I'm a uh, cinnamon raisin, or I just like oh. a plain bagel with just some really good cream cheese. Love the sourdough. Love the everything. Love the onion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but you really can't go wrong with bagels. But I, I know it's not the healthiest thing, but I really like cream cheese on it. I, I, I gotta have cream cheese. I'll tell you, vegan cream cheese, and it wasn't developed for vegans. It was developed for people that want to keep kosher. The Tofuti uh, Corporation was developed for people that want to keep kosher, so they got meat and dairy together. Uh, you could not tell the difference. Vegan cream cheese was like a gateway for me into veganism because it's so close. I could, I could believe that. Yeah, I couldn't imagine what the taste difference would be. Yeah. There you have it, folks. He's at Justin Labar and Matt Clyde Rubenstein. We'll see you back here Sunday night. Take care, everyone. Watch your bagels.